Hey everyone, we are Whatever is Left, here with another episode for you today, this time on racial justice, or injustice. <laughs> um, I am Hunter, and this is... Matt. And? I'm Rodney. Uh, Danny will not be joining us tonight, but uh, Rodney is uh, filling in. So, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, racial injustice, uh, um, how we got here. So, uh, I think it's important to talk about... Uh, Jim Crow a little bit. Um, so these were a collection of uh, state and local statutes that uh, legalized racial segregation all the way from uh, Civil War until like 1968. Uh, there were black codes, uh, strict local and state laws that detailed when, where, and how formerly enslaved people could work and for how much compensation. Uh, these codes appeared throughout the South as a legal way to put black citizens into indentured servitude, to take their voting rights away, to control where they lived and how they traveled, and to seize children for labor purposes. And obviously led the way to segregation. You guys got anything you want to talk about that? Well, the way I look at it is that it's just a classic American-European mindset of we're here, we're better than you, here's why. Let's do it legally, because we're told now we can't do it legally that way. We've been doing that shit for like 100 years. Keep still doing it. There's now, at least now daily, you have like zoning laws, bank loans, where you can and can property. Let's open that up a little bit. Let's talk about the, the redlining. So, uh, according to federalreserve.gov, this is a government site here, the term refers to the presumed practice of mortgage lenders of uh, drawing red lines around portions of a map to indicate areas or neighborhoods in which they do not want to make loans. Redlining on a racial basis has been held by the courts to be an illegal practice. So they were carving up these uh, cities um, and saying, we don't want to lend money to people in these areas. We don't want to make it easier for people to buy homes in these areas, start businesses in these areas. And uh, in a real hush-hush kind of way, that's still going on. I don't think one gentrification that maybe it's like, I guess the reverse. And gerrymandering is the same thing on the greater scale. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. Like, like, my neighborhood of West Baltimore, like, I'm from North Avenue. But um, you can literally go two blocks into the hood, but you can go half a block to the right, and this motherfucker's on the city scooters. They out there playing gardens and yards and shit. And yeah, it's like a fucking rollout. Very going from Fells Point to like, uh, what is it? Going down to Moravia across, and it's like, wait, this is the same city? Right, like, this is flabbergasting to me because I'm like, yo, like, a couple years ago, y'all wouldn't even walk down these streets, and now y'all away. I think it comes down to the idea is that when they originally did it, they didn't want us to be self-sustaining. Because once, like how they have their money and how they've accumulated wealth and power is that old money. And if young African-American men at the time could start doing that process, we'd probably be on equal footing. So the best way to keep you from being equal footing is if you never can get a kickstart, you never can get off the ground. You're always stuck at this like money wall that there's it wasn't until, what, Jay-Z became the first or second black billionaire in 2016 for, for Oprah. 
And then now look how they trying to create them. Now the niggas got money. They're like, oh, no, we just didn't wear a second. Let's just try to talk something out. It's like, okay. Because what you told me I need to do, I did it. So let me do like you. They ain't with it now all of a sudden. Uh, we could also talk a little bit about how um, once uh, these people sort of come into all this money and sort of uh, changes their perspective, they start uh, voting a little different. Like uh, 50 Cent came out the other day and endorsed Donald Trump. So did Ice Cube. I was like, wait, hold on. No, I, I don't think Ice Cube did. No, no, no. Ice Cube was, was called out for what he used to say about how he was anti-Trump. But the Trump administration came out and said that he had helped them with a project for apparently Trump's proposal to help the black community. And everyone's all like, at least black Twitter was like, excuse me? You did what? And then they pulled up screenshots, pulled up things, like, you don't, you don't have black Twitter. Like, they don't forget anything. Like, they don't forget anything. Uh, Two things you should never play with the feds and black Twitter. And here we thought uh, Kanye was the only problem. But, oh, no, no, no. That'd be <laughs> Uncle Tom's everywhere. I really don't think Kanye Uncle Tom. I'm not wrong, right? Like, I just think ever since he lost his mom, he ain't been the same. Yo, that's exactly how I feel like. I ain't, you feel me? I lost my mom. You feel me? So I understand that pain. I mean, I'm all right. Like, I'm thankful that it happened in my later years and I'm older and I got kids and shit. But that shit happened that man when he was young, just about to pop. Like, that took a toll. I mean, that man, crazy. I'm going to say crazy, but he probably woke from anything he's been already dealing with. And the motherfucking Kardashians ain't healthy for nobody, yo. Although another important thing is how I heard Argo say that now 90% of the NFL is registered for like, just now? Look at the nigga who won the World Series last night tested for COVID during the game. And it was allowed there. They finished the game. <laughs> he finished the game. It was just, at least it shows that the number of people are understanding the importance of election now. Like, people didn't take Trump seriously. They thought he was a meme. To hear, I thought he was a meme. It took, it took when he won the nomination, I'm like, all right, this is, this is not a joke anymore. This is, this is for real. Hillary Clinton and all of her people uh, elevated this guy. They were like, yeah, he, no, one, no one should take him seriously, but you guys should pretend to take him seriously so that I have an easier opponent to go up against. I never doubted Trump. Like, when, like not saying I supported him or anything mm-hmm. like that, but to be very clear about that. Well, like, when I found out who it was, I was like, oh, he's about to win that by a landslide. At the end of the day. Because he didn't care what he said. Niggas, America can't respect women. It, one thing they hate more than niggas is women. <laughs> like, black men got rights to vote before women. Uh, no, actually, women got elected before black people. The, the, the women's suffrage movement happened in the 1920s. Okay. Black people didn't get their votes until another 40 years later. Well, uh, initially, there there were um, some states that did allow black men to vote, but uh, those were sort of uh, scaled back through all these Jim Crow laws. So it's like they you got could. them, and then it sort of took yeah. them away. Have you and seen Welfare Country? I have not yet. It, it's on my to-watch list. I don't have HBO, so... I have our friends logged in. I got gotcha. Gotcha. Hook me up. But uh, <laughs> so we go back to the voting thing. It's like the fact that like we have now hit numbers in the early voting that surpassed the total of the votes in 2016. People are uh, charged out here. It's like, all right, this is not, we now people are like, how bad could Trump be? Two years later, they're like, okay, we know we need to get this out. Like yeah, back in 2018, so. when you had the blue wave with the midterm elections. Entire House sweep. You almost took the Senate. Which I mean, still a couple seats short of that Senate. But yeah. yeah. If we took the Senate, probably would avoid Barrett being confirmed. Yeah, but. Definitely. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's a little bit of uh, background as to how we got to this point right now. There's still a lot more work that needs to be done, like way more. But uh, it's sort of a... I don't think the job will ever be done. 
You don't think so? I don't think our kids can um, I, me personally, in my experiences in this country, I don't think it's shit going to have a change. It'll get a little better, you feel me? A little more bearable of sorts. We'll never, ever, ever, ever be treated fucking equally. I think it comes down to uh, how do we get the leadership either involved or take out on the vision ourselves? Because if you look at the nature of like those redlinings and those gentrification and just mistreatment of certain neighborhoods in any given city or town, the leadership doesn't feel like either we're part of their community or they don't understand our community. Because, like, I can't tell anything but Kirby will say, oh, can you guys do this or why don't you guys do that? I'm like, have you been here? Uh, have well, you... What, what leadership are you talking about? I'm talking about mayors, talking about like county executives, like, like not even just governors, like county executives, mayors, like, like on the small people scale, like yeah. on a small scale because what tends to happen is the reason why Baltimore is used so negatively is from the outside looking in. But do you know the mayor of Baltimore? Do you know like the person, the council of Baltimore? Like when you know who's in charge, you can better Did start. Did she step down? She, she, came, she came back. Oh. Yeah, she, I, think, oh. I think she won. She did. Oh. <laughs> I'd rather know because I physically myself benefited from when they were in office. Like, they did turkey drive. Like, I grew up poor as shit. My mom couldn't afford it. It was five of us. We got turkeys from them. So, like, I understand she made a book, made a little money on the side. That lady did right by me. My family, my neighborhood. Which, like, on a slight side note, they always make the biggest stink about when black people are in power and something goes wrong. There's literally history books of white corruption in politics. Like, literally history books. And also there's Chinese bank account, but, like, I digress. Like, we, there's so many things where that is another thing is that the treatment of the actions we do are always under a microscope. Which is how, like, as far as we get pulled over or, or questioned, we're always, we're automatically assumed to think wrong before, like, anything. I think the most glaring thing I saw today, saw not today, but over the course of this coronavirus, is there was a, a college student who had tested positive for coronavirus. An officer came to his house, he is white, and he was having a party. And when he got the person's ID and notification, like, um, sir, you tested positive for COVID. He's like, yeah. Uh, are you quarantining? Yes. So why have other people in the house? Oh, because I'm quarantined because they came to my house. And it's just like, what? How stupid can you be? You can at least say we all quarantining. But he just, in fact, he just didn't care. Well, we talked to officers. We had to watch our tone, watch our posture, make sure where our hands are at. Just, 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 just I think forward. this is a good time to sort of segue right into, like, the police brutality, Black Lives Matter sort of uh, topic. We, we got here naturally, which is kind of nice. It doesn't have to force this at all. So let, let's just open that up a bit more. Uh, what kind of stuff do you guys have to deal with when dealing with a police? Uh, well, at least as far as what I've had to deal with is that I know that everybody, no matter what, when you drive past the cop, you watch your speed. But with black people, we watch, is there anything wrong with my car? Is there a dent? Is yeah, there a pressure hanging out? Is there anything like different? Because I'm not brake lights working. No. <laughs> like, they'll, they'll take any reason they get to like pull us over potentially. Because the, to my to this day, I've never heard a white person say I've been pulled over on a bicycle. Not a motorcycle, a bicycle. I've never met a white person been pulled over on a bicycle. Right, yeah, right. I don't really bike, but you can probably get four niggas to have. Uh, hey guys, I'm not trying to that. My fault. 
You've been saying it all, all yeah. already several times. It's okay. I'm sorry. Oh, my bad. It's but right. and Black Lives Matter too. We're not we're not advertising this episode. Yeah. I'm not advertising all that. And the Black Lives Matter protest that happened out here when I was in speech. Talk, I told that story. So I saw like two people in their hand be like, "Oh, that happened to me too." Of course, they were black. And I'm like, "I didn't see it happen to me." So what comes to that is that we're always not given the benefit of the doubt. It's supposed to be your innocence over guilty. Well, we're guilty until proven innocent. And I'm just and it's always been a matter of why I have to be a troublemaker. And heck. It's not even just the police level. Like, you go to, like, stores and have security. You know how when you walk in, they look at you like, you know, I don't get that look. It's in the city. Like, go any city in the shop in the city, I don't get that look. They already know. Um, I mean, yeah, like, in the city of the stores, I mean, a little bit better. And sometimes the people feel with the police, it's 30 times worse than out here. Like, I mean, granted, dealing with both. I got my ass whooped by both. I would much rather deal with the county police than the city police. Well, uh, something that I've definitely seen a lot of lately is uh, the city police and the county police, mostly the city police, though, sort of outsourcing, uh, getting police officers that don't live in the city. This isn't their community that they're policing anymore. They're right. bringing in people from out in the boonies, you know. Just or people from out here. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of out in the boonies, but... Uh, uh, some guy I went to like elementary or middle school with up in Pennsylvania, York County. He works in Baltimore City as a police officer. Former, former military. Like I don't, I don't want people like that, you know. Right. They're they already have the streets. Not you know? to be, not to be distract to the military, family military. It's just that when you've been through that stuff, you're now wired differently. It's something you just can't avoid. So like normally, as you're trained to like de-escalate, you're already a heightened sense of. Me or you. If anything, I feel like that could be something that could be like the start of helping to reform this issue is that you need to have police who are part of the community. I understand the idea of you needing bodies because it is a job and like most jobs you need employees. But one of my most endearing officers out here, Officer Mitchell, he's like one of the few black officers I found out here that has been not only a great mentor, but also he kind of helped me avoid a lot of situations because I was, as I always said, approved. Like, they know him, so they know me, so therefore they don't bother me as much. But that's because he was in the schools, he would be involved in the community. Like, that helps people not feel as, like, in danger. So, like, I know, like, Officer Mitch. If I know Officer Vern, like, if I know these people, I'm not as likely to be like, why you bothering me? I ain't do nothing. Versus, like, they might kill me. Yeah, I, to be honest with you, I ain't never met a good police, and, be, and to also be honest, I ain't the easiest to deal with either if you are a police, because <laughs> I have my ass whooped so much, so it's like, especially if I know, like, I'm good, like, and you pull up on me with a fuck shit, I'm going to be on some fuck shit, and you just going to have to whoop my ass, but I'm not for it, because, like, you're not about to harass me, you're not about to keep doing all this extra bullshit thing, I'm going to sit here and take it, like, like, I told my mom the other day, because she always talked about she worried about me with all this shit going on. I was like, mom, you gotta understand, like, at the end of the day, everybody has to know their place in the revolution. Some people are protesters. Some people are speakers. Some people are able to go to these places and speak to these men. That's not me, mom. That's not your child. You got I'm action. a warrior. Like, that's what I'm about. That's what I understand. Because to me, in my experiences growing up, it seemed like the only thing white people really understand is money and violence. And I ain't got enough money to talk to you, but I can get you all the violence you fucking want. <laughs> and, like... That's what my environment has bred me to be towards them. Like, that's how they was towards me. They, I remember they used to ride around in a hot van. Like, I don't know if you know what a hot van is. It's like, 
other aspects of you. Like, say we out here chilling on the block or whatnot. They'll creep through once, and you're not supposed to be loitering. They come back around again. Hey, hop out of a rocker van, 12 deep, with signs and tables, ain't asking shit, just whooping ass, you talking us in this van. And like Freddie Gay, Freddie Gray, excuse me, how he passed away, rest of his soul. That's real shit. Like, the restaurants they talk about, like, I done been through 13, 14 of them. Like, they move this handcuffs, you throw you in the back of this medicine wagon and drive crazy as hell. Like, it is very easy to break your fucking neck like that. Like, because that shit's crazy. Like, this police don't give a fuck. So now, 15, 14 years later, I done been through this the police you expect me to believe. The police give a fuck now. Nah, nigga, play somebody else. Play with the PlayStation. Don't play with me. I ain't stupid. Also, another problem with that is there's this, like, thing of like peer pressure with if cops are new or cops who aren't like that if those are superiors who have like more seasoned they're not going to say anything yeah then that's the first because like how many how many of you hear about officers who did say something they did do something and they got fired well um this one girl i follow she's um, a stripper well i mean she's cool whatever her cousin was a, a police officer who killed himself and the, uh, they just settled uh, about i think it was this week on nine hundred thousand on a wrongful death I don't know how it's a wrongful death if it was a suicide, make it make sense. Mm-hmm. And it's because he spoke out on his fucking, uh, uh, what's the word, superiors. Mm-hmm. And they say one bad apple can spoil the bunch. That's true to, like, people say, oh, all cops not all bad. All right, granted, I get that. I understand people have morals and ethics. But, yeah, for as bad as you not, and you are helping people out in the community, you ain't still doing the biggest thing you can to help the community without telling all these motherfuckers. Well, anything, what I don't understand is why officers don't like. Like, internal affairs is above the local the department. You could do that. Internal affairs is actually more shady than anything, because even cops are scared, scared of internal affairs. But my point being is that, like, I, I wish, like, officers would show up to the neighborhood. Like, I've seen plenty of clips of, like, being in LA, sometimes Chicago, where, like, officers show up and they're, like, playing pickup games or, like, having enough food, like, doing, actually being one of the community. Where cops out here, we I don't really see, I don't see I don't see them like at least trying to like talk to the people. Like it's like they hear what we're saying. I think we always want it to be that way. No, we're saying what it is. It's your I, job to fix it's it. It's just a smaller demographic of people to speak on the city, perhaps. <clears throat> it's a smaller demographic of people that feel your way. Because then it's just time the police going to block. I'm showing my brothers the first thing here. Get the fuck out of here, pussy. Immediately as soon as that door opens, they're going to hear some shit. So. I can get where they come from, like, I'm trying to be nice to these motherfuckers, they fucking damn near spitting my fucking people, uh, people, especially around here, um, with uh, Baltimore's uh, reputation as a dangerous place to be, uh, the people that they're sending into the city are coming in here with um, negative mindset, negative mindset, preconceived notions about how being a cop in the city is going to be. They're they're like on edge. They say cops are like on edge anyway, and that's why they're sort of lashing out and they don't know up from down. They like forget all their training, forget how to treat people, uh, because they're like constantly in like this fight or flight. That's that's the you know the reasons that they use for justifying their bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like that, it's part of um, how they get into that mindset is that they're they're fed this oh people are get shot in the city every single day you gotta you know be on edge these people aren't you know good people they're killers or this that and the other thing it, it all sort of ties in together like that and I, I think it also comes down to like the crux of it all being is that where you're, you're always assumed to be a criminal whenever you give an at- attitude or any kind of like tone to an officer it's like have you worked in retail like 
working in retail is probably more stressful than dealing with a cop any given day, just from the fact that you're not allowed to give any kind of level of attitude or tone. Well, that officer is interacting with you. The officer's being rude. You, you have every right to be rude back. You just can't put your hands on the cop. Yeah, I take that motherfucking opportunity every chance I get. Because it's like, I have a right to myself, I have a right to say what I want, and you have the right to tell me my rights. You do not have the right to touch me if I don't touch you. Basically. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I um, think cops could be better if they really, you know, put that fucking gun down, pick up a pair of gloves. Like, you want to do something? Let's have boxing action. That's fair. Okay, no, 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 no. No, no, no. We're trying to de escalate the violence. Uh, yeah, that's black life. It can. I got, it can. I got some I'm not saying it's not possible. It, it's systemic. It's like a. I don't have it. It's like a seed. You can't. It can't grow a plant if you don't water it and you don't get some sun. So. Which is worse than it. So it's like. Everyone's viewing the issue from the top. You're not viewing it from the bottom. You have to start at the root, the cause, the roots of the issue being that black people were perceived as dangerous originally because they thought they were better than us. Now it's. They don't know us and be fearful that we want revenge. And low-key, some black people do. I can't completely understand that. But at the same time, if they keep feeding that thought and we don't correct them, like, what do you got to correct people what your name is? You got to correct people how to pronounce your name. You got to correct people what, <laughs> who you are as a person. If I don't correct them, they're never going to learn. It's just like at that point, yeah, it's not something that's going to be fixed easily. Like probably the time I'm in my 50s, it could be fixed. But if I start now, I can get it done. Because all black people who, served, who died for our, us to have the rights we do have, they knew they probably weren't going to live to see those results. So, like, I know that we're dealing with this now, but I got to plant the seeds to fix this because it'll never get fixed at that point. Because I'm always just cutting a weed at the top, not at its root. But shit, even like you said, planting the seed, like, take for example, uh, the black man who's uh, with the. Uh, uh, um, Special needs kid, you feel me? And the police got called to work situation. Yes, in Colorado. And the nigga had his fucking hands up, sitting down. Laying like, down, actually, yeah. He laid the fuck down. It's like, what more could awful. he have done? And it's like, when, like, and that's why I understand the acts of violence and the riots and shit. Because it's like, yo, we, we giving y'all our peaceful people, our people who are willing to be like, yo, we'll, we'll do what you want. Just hear us out. We not like that. We can't be peaceful. And y'all still blasting them. Fuck that. I think that also comes down to... The a sad truth, at least in our community, is that when the black people who do have money, we flex it in the wrong way. Oh, yeah. We all, we about us, but not about us. And it's just like, the amount of, like, black celebrities who, like, have influence, knowledge, leverage, like, Jay-Z can't do it all. Jay-Z almost got Colin Kaepernick back in the league by his damn self. But, Allegedly. yeah, but. I, I, I believe he tried. Like, the fact that he was there, I think, happened in 40 when he wasn't there, nothing was happening. I mean, they got him back in bed and told me this is going to I still, uh, still wish the Ravens would have picked him up and there were talks about that. They I, were I, going to. Well, I blame his, girl, girl, his, girlfriend, his girlfriend did it. His girlfriend yeah. was being kind of dumb. But the point being so is that... Close. The point being is that... That's... Think about how much that took. It took the black billionaire who grew up on the streets did it the hard way just to get him an opportunity to be looked at. Where we had Will Smith... We've got uh, not Little Wayne. You you got Denzel. You've got Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, you know, you've got so many no well known and also what's we're looking for people who are able to send the message or influencers. Pre- influencers and cre- what I'm looking for the word like 
They can speak their mind in a way that, oh, LeBron, that's another good one. Oh, okay, yeah. Who are always about, this is what my people want, this is what, how we feel. He's not the only of the celebrities really trying anything. Like, he built his own school, he, like, you know, scholarships, like, he's doing some, like, Jay-Z, always hiring for, for the people of the culture, and it's like, we all should be doing that as a community, but we don't, because, like, Malcolm Jenkins from the Eagles managed to get, like, actual, uh, lawmakers in Philadelphia sit down with him and some players and they started like doing reforms and whatnot. Like, why aren't we flexing that ability? Like, we get all this money from either rapping or playing sports. Like, they open those windows. But we keep, because like some people just forget where they came from mm-hmm. and want to be like in the white circles now. They don't want to deal with where they were at from. But listen, you still going to be part of the culture. You still going to be hood no matter who looks at you. Because at the end of the day, you still look different. Ain't going to change much. So, the way we fix that is you have to use that power and money that you were granted with your skills. Because I ain't gonna be mad at you for how you got your money. But mad at you and if you forget you if you forget who you came who came from who you are. Well, I mean, it's like the usual saying: the all skinful and kinful. Um, I'd like to take this back a couple steps. Um, back to the uh, police brutality. Uh, what kinds of changes would you guys like to see? With the police reform, I want them to organize events like block parties, uh, cookouts, whatever you feel like is good for your area. Like out here where you are, you know, maybe a block party would be a thing. Maybe like a game, games like field day. Remember we used to have like elementary school. Like do something that at least you open yourself up to the community. Now I ain't saying people were gonna go all the time. But the fact that it's accessible, like, and you leave yourself transparent, people will start to trickle in. You'll start to see people, like, feel like, all right, we can trust you because I know your name. Because we don't know officer's name. You know them by last name. I know your name. The whole different ballgame. I know your name. I know where your house is. I know the name of your dog. I don't think. Why people and dogs? <laughs> I don't uh, think there's nothing I want to see. I don't believe in it. Like, I don't think that shit going ever fucking change. I believe that's fine in my heart. Like, I guess it'll get maybe more tolerable. But, uh, find out ways of not to get filmed, but... You say nothing but modern day motherfucking, um... Slave wranglers. My eyes. So, like... Try and, uh... Try, try and answer me here. Like, what, what parts do you want to see changed? Like... I mean, I guess if anything... It, like he said, and not always fucking think I'm fucking up to something. Like, treat me like a fucking human. Like, Less profiling. Yeah. And like, stop lying about quotas. You know you got quotas. Of course they got quotas. I'm going to get pulled over at the end of the fucking month. Like, come on with the bullshit. Like, just be normal folks. Like, I feel yeah. like police act like, you police remind me of a kid who got bullied in school and graduated and get a job with some power now, you want to be a bully and shit. Like, nah, yo, you ain't got or that, that uh, we all grown. the jock that didn't get into college. Yeah, yeah. Like, see, I'm not saying like, we all know we all here struggling with survival. So what the fuck you need to do all this extra shit for to be normal? Treat me like you would want to be treated. So, um, some some specific stuff that I've been able to pull up here: uh, uh, demilitarization of the police. Police don't need to be going around with like armored vehicles and like. Using military grade like weapons and technology. And well, isn't that usually just their SWAT or whatever version of SWAT they have based on where you're at? Or if they're going to use it, we just don't use it fucking properly. 
I mean, it's almost worse than if they know how to use it properly with the, oh, no, with I mean, the shoot, current situation. Killing people with the rubber bullets for a while. Fucking them up. Same thing, rubber bullets will still hurt you. If I shoot you with five, but point blank, I don't care what it's made out, it's going to hurt. It's going to go through. You're supposed to hit it at the ground first. Yeah, it's supposed yeah, to bounce and yeah. get you. But, uh, let's see, there's something else, um... Uh, one of, another thing was, uh, make any tampering with body cams or, uh, cruiser cams a felony. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, um, there should be body cams, uh, there should be evidence of all the shady stuff that the police are doing. Um, if they're beating on somebody, I think there should be video of that. They delete it or turn it off or, or anything cover funny it. With it. Automatic felony. Felony. Um, same thing if they try and uh, cover up their badge, their name and their badge number. So like automatic felony. If anything, I would say to make it like somewhat American fair, and like American fair I meaning like something that's digestible, is if any officer is caught not disclosing their information that bars identification, automatic suspension for a year. Well, if their if their body cam or cruiser cam is has been tampered with or deleted, automatic uh, uh, resignation. Yeah, I, I think that's a lot uh, fairer than uh, some of the alternatives of uh, prison. Uh, let's see, uh, stop and frisk, which did get repealed in New York. Uh, did you know what stop and frisk was? Yeah, and that's why they stopped doing the uh, plainclothes officers in Baltimore. But, I mean, stop and frisk only really applied, like, in the city, like, out here, it only really applied to the officers, like, the single officers, because the hot out boys, they still come around to this day. We can go out there, us three right now, go out there, sit three, five, one, the hot out boys gonna roll up with us, we gonna end up in the back of the wagon. And that's, and that's the, what, the same thing, except you get a fucking ride with it, so stop and frisk and go. Uh, I really don't feel like they've stopped it. Like they just, like I said, made it more bearable. Like I actually used, uh, there's one time where I ended up walking through the streets of Baltimore at three or four in the morning. So because I could, I lost my uh, phone and my wallet. So they walk myself home. I'm like you know where, uh, Pratt Street is. Mm-hmm. My dad was west. Uh. My dad's house is off of Moravia. Moravia. Uh, you remember where the cemetery is in Moravia before you head to the city? No, Orleans. Yeah. Orleans and Upright. Gotcha. I had to walk there. So, like, I walked through the streets of Baltimore City at 2 or 3 in the morning after I left for a rave. Like, let me tell you, it was an experience. But, surprisingly, no cops surprised, stopped me at all. And I was kind of actually surprised because, like, I walked through, like, north, northeast and east side of Baltimore. It's, like, oddly quiet. Surprisingly, <laughs> I stopped. But, and that's something that could be helpful is that stop having if you you do you know I don't know you know but jurors usually get questioned before they get allowed on there see you have any like preconceived notions knowledge etc oh, yeah, so like you have the people who want to be officers be like hey so before you work in this say city or district whatever do you know anything about it if they say yes and they hear, you hear something that's like oh I heard it's very troublesome I heard a lot of people like are violent you're like alright you're out because, like, you can't go in to a job where you're supposed to be protecting and serving if you're already ready to fight the people. I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, to add on to what you were saying, uh, I do think that the police need to be more trained 
I think maybe you should make these uh, these guys have at least like maybe an associate's degree. Make this like a process. Six months is not enough time. No, no. Uh, how? It only takes six months to become a cop. Yes. They, it's because even though the police are, it's their job to enforce the law. Mm-hmm. It's not their job to know the law. Yeah. They can get you on stuff that they think is against the law, and that's perfectly legal right and now. Which is why people, that's why, especially for our community, they always say, hey, take it to court, deal with it there, because you ain't going to win there. If you'll win there, you ain't going to win with a cop right in front of your face. No, when a cop's right in front of you, they can do almost anything with impunity, and that's messed up. Uh, so, yeah, uh, another uh, sort of segues into uh, the something called qualified immunity, which is one of the big reforms that people are trying to uh, get across right now with the police. You said qualified immunity? How qualified works, immunity. How it works is that officers are given the benefit of the doubt in what comes to legal cases or actions that, oh, the officer said this, so that must be the... Or the officer is engaging in an activity that harms somebody, but they're doing something for the benefit of the community so they have potential immunity from any collateral damage they do. So, according to this uh, wonderful Wikipedia definition, uh, it is um, a legal principle uh, that grants government officials performing discretionary functions immunity from civil suits unless the plaintiff shows that the official violated clearly established statutory or constitutional rights of which a reasonable person would have known. So if they don't know it's against the law, if that's their argument, they can usually get away with whatever thing it is. They can't get away with it twice because if they, you know, um, try it again and there's already, like, a, a statute for it there, you say, like, a judge says, okay, you can do this this once, but now you know it's bad, so you can't do it again. Mm-hmm. Then no cop after that can get away with that kind of thing. But they get you in, in the details because you can get really tiny changes in a situation and that can make it still um, legal, I guess. Like, uh, it's illegal to uh, sick your police dog on some guy uh, after, you know, the first time. But that guy was... Uh, Standing up, right? He had his hands behind his head. He wasn't doing anything wrong, but he was standing up, and they let the police dog on him. This guy was laying on the ground, hands behind his head, and the police officer sticks his dog on him. That's fine, because the last guy didn't, you know, he wasn't on the ground. Like, that is the kind of stupidity the qualified immunity gives, you know. And I believe, so far, I think three states have already gotten rid of it, Colorado being one of them. That's good news. I like that a lot, actually. Like, it just lets cops get away with dumb stuff. In fact, when I was finishing my degree for a Supreme Court case, it took a Supreme Court case called the Gideon Wainwright, where an officer was pursuing one suspect, ran into another person's property, and tr- was able to uh, was harm, harm the occupant there while also finding illegal substances. And there was a whole thing of, can you legally, like, use that against me? Because you weren't even here for me. You were here for somebody else. The court ruled that an officer, in the act of pursuing a criminal or preventing a crime, has fair game to go onto property, and if anything found in plain sight is legally fine. I'm just like, 
that doesn't feel right by the Supreme Court case. So it's the law of the land, which is why it's when you hear officers uh, usually, they don't go on property they know is private from the jump, but they'll get something that happens and they can find a way in there. And it's just like, closing those loopholes will save a lot of time and money for the city or state, whatever, just trying them. Yeah, so um, there's a lot of um, bipartisan support for uh, reforming qualified immunity. Um, so you, you have uh, several bills in the House and the Senate. Um, one of them was even uh, written and sponsored by a uh, Republican uh, senator. Um, it wasn't Graham. No, no, it wasn't. Uh, senator Mike Braun from uh, Indiana proposed the Reforming Qualified Immunity Act. Um, yeah, it, it's it's messed up, and uh, people are finally starting to uh, speak up about it. Um, hopefully, uh, with a reformed government in January, uh, something will be able to be done about that. Um, yeah, so qualified immunity sucks. Another uh, really messed up um, thing that police can do is uh, civil act. Civil asset forfeiture. You guys familiar with that? Mm-hmm. So, is that when they can uh, take a property of yours for the assistance of pursuing a criminal? Well, uh, not necessarily. So, it's the process in which law enforcement can take assets from persons suspected of involvement with crime or illegal activity. So, if a cop uh, stops you on the street and you got like couple thousand bucks of cash in your pocket or something like that. Like, obscene amounts of money. They can be like, we're going to take this from you because we think you're going to go buy Oh, that's happened to me before. Yeah. And then you got approved. Like, one since they want me to bring in a, uh, I got caught with like, uh, anytime I heard out they want me to bring in, uh, pay stubs, uh, that lined up with me having enough to equal out this much if I saved my whole money. A whole bunch of bullshit that I wasn't able to do. But, I was like, what the fuck is my money, though? Like, I just going to take my money. That seems like an answer to teacher laws. Like, that's your personal I've had to be a Harper County Annabelle person. That's like, it's such a personal bank information. Like, that's all stuff that, like, cops can't just take outside of a warrant. Well, uh, civil asset forfeiture, they can. Yeah. It's it was, perfectly illegal. Uh, and it's awful. Um, I think it's a certain amount, like a dollar amount you can have without having to have, like, uh, some type of proof. And I think it's like, how do they even know you had it on you? That's the thing I don't even know. Like, do they search you? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's like not 8,520 pounds like that. They're like, what is that? Not a gun. <laughs> what, do you, what, do you have a duffel bag full of, full of cash on you? No, no, I don't know. You have big pockets, my man. Yeah, big pockets. But, uh... There's also... I ain't But, uh... What was I going to say? Go back to me. lost the thought. Yeah, so, um... Talk to your representatives about getting rid of civil uh, asset forfeiture because that's also messed up. Oh, there's another thing that I had learned about this a couple weeks ago because I had an argument with a coworker about the difference between you're being arrested and you being detained. There is a difference. Apparently, the legal definition is that if an officer is engaging in questioning of you, information, you are currently detained, but you are not arrested. And the difference is being is that, like, you don't have to be read your rights one over the other. But if you're detained, you're not allowed to leave. Which is something I don't understand is because am I under arrest? 
no, that I have a right to leave. And it's like, but you're being detained. Why am I being detained? I haven't done anything. You're not arresting me. There's that thing that needs to be taken care of. They just have that power over you on, like, a one-on-one basis. And then uh, if you ignore them um, or disobey them... They get you for resisting arrest. I know. And there's no arrest. It was detained. Messed up stuff. Uh, talked a lot about um, police brutality. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, segwaying into that, how do you guys uh, feel about um, Black Lives Matter? Uh, whether it's like the movement as a whole, the organization, if you guys know anything about that. We're, we're missing an MLK. We don't have a... Well, sorry, not an MLK. We're missing MLK and a Malcolm X. We need, like that face. Leadership. We need, like, the, like, the fine face. Leadership. Like, even if it's two people, like, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King Jr. were able to work with what they did because they were two defined faces of the movement from two different angles, which people like one over the other, people hate both of them. It didn't matter. But at least you had someone that you could, like, say, this is what they represent, or at least what they are saying they represent. But Black Lives Matter, as it is, so scattered all over the place. Very decentralized. Yeah, even though we have a website, Website can be different from some people's sections based on where you're at, people you know. There's, we need, like, someone needs to take the reins and be like, all right, I'm going to organize this. I'll make sure we're right here. We're doing what we're supposed to do over there. Because think about this. Malcolm X and Malcolm King Jr. did this in the 1960s. We don't have the technology that we have now that got this shit done. There's no excuse we can't do it. Um, I, I know there are a lot of people who... Um... Our, our names in the movement, uh, people who organize events, people who give speeches. Um, I, I think, uh, I can't really speak a whole lot on this, but uh, maybe there's too many people trying to step into that role, or maybe there's um, not enough people trying to step into that role. I mean, I mean, I mean like I said earlier, everybody should know their role. And I think on one side of the token, you because it's so fucking needed at this point, you have such an influx of people trying to be one role. I mean, we should, I, would, I ain't saying take a break or fall back, but like, take a breath for a second and think to yourself, like, that really what I would be best at. Is that really what would help the cause the best if I was in this position uh, as opposed to that position? And I'll say that Nikki understands that you need to ask them, like, be real. You're here for the cause or you're here for the cloud? Right. Because that's all everything's about now. Because, like, here's the thing. Even if, you, if you're here for the cause, that's, you don't care the difference what you're thinking. And, uh, and okay back then, and that's how he, that, that's, that's really what sets us apart from them doing it then and then now. Back then, nobody was doing it because they were doing it because we wanted these fucking rights. And there was no other way to get it. Exactly. And nowadays, it's like, I mean, yeah, it'd be cool to be treated equally, but I'm trying to get a million Instagram followers. Like, and, like, something that, like, you find your, you find your local, like, matter leadership, whatever, you work your way through, and if you feel like you're really... The person for the job, be it woman or male, you'll get there. You just know it's not instant. Like, don't come in thinking, I, I'll run this shit. Man. Right. No, it's like, no, you're going to learn, like anything else, and then maybe you'll get there. Because, like, remember, MLK was, MLK was a reverend, like, preaching the word of God and doing things his way. It wasn't until he was given the opportunity, he was saying, you are well-spoken, you could help lead this, you could make it palatable to white people. And it was just like, you gotta get yourself there. You're like, it's wrong, Kings. Right. You ain't, you ain't gonna be the man 
walking in. You got to earn. Everybody can't be Jesus. MLK was also a socialist, which is uh, fun facts about his economic policies. So. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, big threat to the uh, establishment. Um, Glad I killed him. Yeah, yeah. Well, government, well. government did it too. Don't forget about that. Yep. Uh, and that's the way it's going to be as far as like, and that's why, I, as much as I love what Colin Kaepernick did, he missed a golden opportunity to like center it, like have like you're the face right now. Grab that, hold that down, because at the end of the day, even if you weren't the speaker that you feel like you could be. Oh, we know your face. You can get yeah, a speech. He's, he's not you a politician. Get... Yeah. yeah, and I was going to say the same thing. So you got to look at, like, he was the first person in our modern-day society to actually be that. So, I mean, that was a lot of pressure on that man, for real. So, I mean, I don't think he for asked. the first time, you can't really talk him on that. Now, if he get this opportunity again on the rehab, you feel me? He asked for the attention, but he wasn't prepared to do anything with it. Yeah. And, like, that's the thing. Not everybody's ready for that moment where, like, like, like it's like walking on stage in high school or giving a presentation. Like, you know you got to do it. But, like, Never really when you're running out there, you're like, mm. uh, <laughs> that's why they say if you stay ready, you ain't never got to get ready. Yeah. Well, how do you stay ready for something like that, though? And because, like, you, the worst part is, you, no matter who you are, you know one thing's going to happen. You're going to get hate. You're going to get vitriol from that deep white establishment that just never wants to change. So, like, and, like, you thought, like, you know, him being a football player, he got millions, like, he'd be able to, uh, you know, Work off that hate. I'm like, hey, money can't buy happiness. Money can't buy protection. That's where I feel as far as the movement goes is that until, like, there's established leadership, we're just going to keep having, like, little, like, differences of people understanding, like, heck, white people misunderstand the message all the time. Be like, you got to support this. You got to support Where did you hear that? Someone said it on Twitter. How do you know they're in charge? Like, that's not something, there's no something leadership both a good and a bad thing in that regard. Yeah. Um, I was trying to uh, go through here and find some uh, leaders for uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. And, like, there's the people that sort of founded the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's uh, several other people who are either victims of uh, police brutality or their family members um, have been victims of police brutality, so have sort of uh, stepped into a uh, role. Um, as far as uh, the politicians go, I mean, a lot of them uh, pay lip service, but you don't, you don't see a whole lot of them, like, uh, at, the, at the front of the, the rallies and protests and stuff like that. That's a, there's also this thing that I've noticed with some white people who have been helping a protest out here and whatnot. They felt like, all right, let me get someone who's actually black in front to say it. Because, like, there's also this thing going on where people are like, I can't be the one leading or the one, like, directing because it ain't about me. It ain't um, about me. But it's like, at the same time, like, I understand what you're doing here, but you gotta have like that. You gotta be able to use your plan. Like you're using the nucleus. You gotta have that like foundation because just putting you up front, like I said, they don't know what you know and how you do, you're doing it. And you want to like bring someone on and like who's in the community that you're talking about and give them the ability to do what you do. That's one thing, but you can't throw people up on stage. Right, right. Don't leave. 
and a black be the leader of the Bel Air Black Lives Matter movement. Like nigga, I don't know what the first fucking thing about Bel Air. Like I, I've worked in Bel Air. That's it. And also, you don't you understand how to like organize people, get contacts, set up permits. Like well, I'm, so I'm much. a bitch because I'm I'm black with locks. They got a bunch of tattoos, and I speak a certain way. Like no, nigga, that's not the smartest thing to do. So like, because like I said, it's all about like planting seeds. Like everything. It's like why people don't agree with. On a side note, like Bernie Sanders' entire like economic platform is because they feel like, oh, it won't work in like X amount of years, but it will work in ten years. Like it doesn't work in three years. It works in one year. It works in ten years. This is a process. It needs to be grown and cultivated. Nothing instant. Nothing immediate. So when it comes to like leadership, that's not instant either. No one is born a leader. As much as that's a saying, like you have born leadership, whatever. It's not true. You learn. You. You have to learn it. Yeah. Um, I don't think I have a whole lot more to, to add to that. Um, other than a, a call for uh, qualified people who have a good understanding about how to organize, how to uh, make demands how to get people together, how to make a good argument. Um, and like you guys were saying, people who are doing this because they care and not just for the clout of things to sort of step up and uh, maybe give a little bit of guidance. So husband, let me ask you something. What's up? Are you, are you for being able to provide, you know, us with this platform to be able to speak on these things? Are you doing it because you care or are you doing it for the clip out? Well, as much as I'd like to cool this out, um, it, it, it's it's messed up. It's messed up. I, I like. I guess what I'm trying to say is, what makes what makes you feel the way you do about it? I guess. Um, well, if I'm gonna take a couple steps back in time here, um, when uh, the Black Lives Matter like sort of hashtag sort of uh, popped up, I was one of those All Lives Matter idiots. I didn't understand, and I think. I can speak to this because I, I have had this evolution of understanding where people were coming from with Black Lives Matter. Because you hear, you hear the words Black Lives Matter as a white person, as any other kind of person, and immediately your thoughts are, wait, okay, their lives matter, okay, but my life matters, you know? Uh, every, everyone's lives matters. All lives matter. It seems like the immediate, like, sort of a go-to um, and if you're just sort of going for, like, a police reform, that would have worked fine. But it's not just about that. And that's what, like, um, people like me uh, and a lot of people still just didn't seem to understand. It's like, why is it okay to say Black Lives Matter, but it's not okay to say uh, White Lives Matter? Like, it's because you're sort of... Um, it's not about you as much. It's about everyone a little bit. Like, police brutality is a problem for everybody. But it's especially a problem for people of color. Like, people of color have it way worse with the police brutality than uh, white people do. And that, that's just statistically, like, a fact. Like, you know, I'm less likely to be brutalized by police when I get pulled over than you guys would be. And I hate the police. <laughs> like... I hate getting pulled over, and they're nicer to me than they are to you guys. Like, I can only imagine. Um, so that's, that's kind of where I'm coming from. I, I've gotten to 
over the years sort of see the other side, see what Black Lives Matter means. Um, and I've been trying to bring people who think like I used to think in by using that same kind of logic. Like, no one from Black Lives Matter is saying that only Black Lives Matter. But, you know, people people are using All Lives Matter as a way to sort of just drown out people saying Black Lives Matter. Right. Like, well, you hear the example is Holocaust killed, I'm not saying, 2 million Jews? Uh, probably more than that. But you don't hear people saying, well, World War II killed a lot of people. No. Holocaust was about Jewish people. Black Lives Matter is about black people, but it doesn't change the fact that people are dying to police brutality. They uh, coined the term genocide very reluctantly after World War II and World War I to describe the kinds of things that they were doing to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but th- there was pushback on that initially. There was like, uh, I don't know if we want to make this its own separate crime or just, you know, crimes against humanity in general. But uh, yeah, so like the, the, the wording is important, the phrasing is important, the messaging is important. Um, and if uh, this is the line in the sand that uh, the movement has sort of drawn with uh, Black Lives Matter, this is the, the messaging that everyone's going with, and this is the platform that they're trying to bring into um, society, the change that they're trying to bring, then uh, I think the only way to um, interact with that is to sort of just go with it. I mean, uh, you're not going to change the uh, the movement's name at this point. It's, it's already years deep. It's too late for rebranding, you know. Uh, it's Black Lives Matter, and this is what you know. You're here to do. You're here to uh, stop police brutality, reform the police, um, and uh, a lot of other stuff that we've talked about so far. But uh, that's that's kind of where I'm coming from, and why I, as a uh, white person, give a shit. I appreciate that, Hunter, because I'm always ever since I've met you, I've always wondered like. I've always just wondered that, like, what was it that made you understand or see things from this perspective? Because, you, like, not not to sound rude or anything. Uh, white people are stubborn. No, 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 I wasn't gonna say that. But you just had a certain vibe about you, like, when I first met you. Not, that you just give off naturally, not like anything you do. So, naturally, I was like, fuck, I'm a big friend. See where you at? And then to get to know you and see you and how you feel about things, I've just always wondered, like, the whole time I've known you, like, what brought you to that point? So I thank you for doing that. Like, my family has uh, always been a little bit uh, on on the worst side of things, straight-up racist. On, like, the not-so-worst side, like, really indifferent. Like, they don't care about fucking anything. Uh, so it's kind of where um, my family raising me sort of uh, got me. Like, you have to learn how to care at some point about other people. It's empathy, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, treat people how you want to be treated it goes out the window a lot of the time people people say that but it's like oh well you know they're they're poor you know they're, they're just insert a descriptor here to describe people that you know gives you a reason to treat differently yeah it's like oh that's not right um Another thing is, uh, I might not have uh, experienced it to levels that uh, you guys have, but uh, I've had uh, 
security guards and like Target and stuff follow me around because I was being suspicious. You're wearing the hoodie. You wearing the hoodies, you know. Uh, my cousin was uh, driving around and he had um, stickers on the back of his uh, his uh, rear window, um, and they would uh, pull us over, make us get out of the car, look for traces of weed in the back seat, you know, just d- dumb stuff like that. And if I had to do that as a white person, you guys just have much worse time about it. Like. These guys are out of control. Like these white men are dangerous. <laughs> yeah, I mean... But, uh... So, m- moving on just a little bit, um... Talked a little bit about why All Lives Matter is not okay to say. You guys have anything to add about that? I mean, if people need any more of a clear definition, yes, we fucking get it. Everybody lives matter. But right now, in this specific moment, these past 85 to 115 years, black lives matter. Like, we're the ones being fucking eradicated and exterminated like we're fucking termites. Like, but what? Y'all want to be like us? Y'all want to fucking. I don't even want to go into the pizza gate and all that crazy ass, nasty ass shit. But like, y'all want to do all these rituals and shit to do what? To do shit that that comes to us naturally? Like, if a name change stops you from researching, you never care in the first place. Uh, that, that's a pretty good point right there. Um, it, it's uh, not that um, all lives, not it's not that uh, only Black Lives Matter. It's not that all lives don't matter. Everyone's life matters. It's just uh, not everyone's life is um, in danger. Well. Endangered uh, more so than everyone else's, um, and uh, saying all lives matter sort of uh, is a distraction because if you really cared that much about all lives mattering, um, then you would be right up there in the crowd with everyone else. If you're gonna let um, the fact that it's uh, a black-led movement. Uh, deter you from supporting them, even though they are all lives, um, then you don't really care about all lives. And that's kind of what it comes down to. If, if you really believe all lives matter, then you'd be right there in the front of the protest, too. The messaging wouldn't care to you. If you believe that all lives matter, then of course black lives matter. And that's what people have had to uh, come to terms with, and I, I hope including internet lives. Yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, children in uh, cages still to this day, um, and adults, adults too. Uh, yeah, so that's why uh, All Lives Matter is not okay to say. And I, I hope that um, if there's still people here in this audience that say All Lives Matter or that uh, are firmly against Black Lives Matters because of something as trivial as the name. Like, I know my uncle, he, he just gets caught up on the name. He just can't, he just can't let it go. He, he thinks uh, that um, it's a movement that's trying to um, change the social order and put black people first, and it, it's, not, it's not what it's about, and he just can't seem to understand that. He probably believes the rain taxes for taxing the rain. 
Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I hope we can change some minds up here. Um, so let's, uh, let's move on a little bit. Um, to uh, We talked a lot about police reform, but let's uh, double back around to uh, defunding the police versus abolishing the police. Now, I can see an argument for abolishing the police. Uh, I do think it is uh, one of the more extreme um, positions that's been floated around, but I, I, I see where people are going with it. They don't feel like the police have uh, served them at all, so what do we need them for? Well, I don't believe you can get abolishment through. You can definitely reform them. It's just a matter of understanding that you would have to do something like on another level of sweep. Like You would have to go through every police department in the country and just who has more than two personal pers uh, personal conduct issues? Sweep them out. Um, if uh, abolishing the police was on the table and it was a possibility, would you support it? I can't. Because that leaves way too much... There's a power vacuum. And we know just studying regular history, whenever you have a power vacuum, bad things always happen. So, um, de defunding the police, uh, where, where are you on that? Defunding the police is definitely much more manageable and doable as far as, when we say defund the police, we're saying we pay them, we the taxpayers are funding their salaries. So, the way to defund them so they don't keep acting the way they are, is to move the money they're supposed to get to other things, like infrastructure, school, transportation, things that, that actually, like, are helping the community because they're clearly not helping the community. That's what we mean by defund the police. Is not, we're not going to have any more police. It's called, the police aren't doing their jobs, so they don't get paid. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, as far as um, other sort of... Um, police reforms that gets, get tied into that, um, putting money into hiring social workers, um, health specialists, um, people who can go to a lot of these situations that these untrained police officers are being called to deal with, who are actually trained and are knowledgeable about how to fix this problem. Like, you don't need to be sending in a cop with six months of cop training on just how to shoot people and uh, profile people into a situation with uh, a special needs person having, like, a meltdown or something like that. That's how people get shot and killed. That's how uh, tragedies happen. You don't need to be sending in armed police officers to people who are ODing and have drug problems. Um, they... they obviously should be sent to rehab and uh, get help and not, you know, just be tossed into a cell, you know. Yeah. That's kind of what uh, the dig fund the police goes into. The police themselves do not need as much as they are getting, and these funds could be re 
purposed, um, diverted to um, other avenues where people are more qualified to deal with these sorts of problems. Um, so, Rodney, where are you on the, the defund the police versus abolish the police? I'm going to be real with you. I, um, I ain't really too well versed, but I know at the end of the day, the police got a job. At the end of the day, they are here to protect and to serve. But on the same token, I know I ain't as articulate as y'all, so I'm trying with my metaphors. But ain't nobody ever made a song called Fuck the Fire Department. <laughs> so, I, I mean, wholeheartedly agree with you on that one. If y'all just do your job and just treat it like a job and stop taking the job home. And I mean, I know that's hard because, I mean, even me as a maintenance man, it's hard for me not to take work home. But, goddamn, you have to make people not take it as personal. Like, I feel like some of these cops just have personal vendettas against niggas. Like, and, like, I don't be getting it. Like, I be walking with my son and I see, like, and and a fucking white lady talking to a person across the street, and like I be really ready to spaz up, and excuse me, I see my son looking at me, and I and I I want my son to be better than me. Like I'm a street nigga, and if you a street nigga, and you raise a street nigga, you failed as a father, and I thoroughly believe that. So I refuse to raise a street nigga. I my son will know how to protect himself and be assertive and be a man, but he won't be. He'll be fifty times half the man I ever met. It will be. Now, Dan probably let everything be different than that. So it's like to see him look at me in the instances, I can't react the way I want to react. So I have to break shit down to him and help him understand because he got questions. He's five and he don't get it. And it's like, I don't got all the answers to tell you, B. And I'll and I be thinking this cool. Like my son told me, well, before COVID, like when the police would come to the school or the fire department, you know, he thinks that's cool. And I, and I enjoy that and I want that for him. But on the same token, I got to. I have to let him know this harsh reality that, like, yeah, they seem cool when they at your school, but you with your friends walking from the basketball court, this is what you got to do with them saying people you think is cool is going to shoot you for no reason, son, and it's fucked up, but it's the world we live in, it's like, if we get rid of them all together, yeah, it'd be the anarchy or what they say, the second, the third, but I mean, fuck, most fucking ancient civilizations was like that, police ain't come around to what, motherfucking America? So it's like, I see where we do need them, but if we're going to keep them, they need to do their fucking job, or they can kick fucking rocks, and we can police our own neighborhoods. That's how gangs was originally created for. Gangs, before they became what they are today, were originally created to be the police of the communities and be what the police or the government itself were lacking. They were providing food. They were providing uh, fucking shelter for single mothers and kids and shit, like, other people of color were doing that because the police felt at their job, and that was in the fucking 60s, and here we are fucking 60-something years later, and we still dealing with the same issues, just with a fucking iPhone, and it's like, I get you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but goddamn, maybe we need to try a different breed or something, because clearly, this breed dog ain't listening, so like, doing the same thing, expecting different results is insanity, and it's like, so, <laughs> we gotta figure out something, or else... Will always be at the cell, baby. What's wild is when you think about it, and I don't know about other states and where we're in, but I know the fact that there are, just in our area, there's four different police departments. Four or five. For, 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 for one area. And what I understand is like, there's the county police, particular city police, 
Affirmative. State, please. State troopers. Three, three usually make would make sense for like a like level wise, but like the fact that like there's a police that is for the entire county, police for individual cities in those given counties, and then the city the police for the state. And like the police for state is probably the most transparent ones at all of them because. If a state trooper stops you, they usually stop you because you're speeding on the highway, which is funny because the highway is almost where everybody speeds. But the point being, it's state troopers. Point being is that I'd rather deal with the trooper. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Troopers, when they stop you, it's for one thing: they give you that ticket, you know, pay the state, and move on with your life. Because like the people who bother you the most, it's always the city police. It's never it's like, always the locals. It's never state police. They're here, here, pay the state, move on. Pay, pay the state, move on. The local and city cops, and it seems like there's a distinction between how they act, too. It's like, if anything, I would say out here and Baltimore, it's the city police versus the county police. Baltimore County Police, I ain't never had a problem with them, like ever. It's just city police, and I don't know what it is that's like the more locally attracted the area or involved didn't have more of a stick up your ass. Um. How do you guys feel about uh, what's essentially prison slave labor? Oh, like the fire department in California? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess they get treated a lot better than some other groups do. I mean, their their job is a bit more dangerous, but at least they're getting uh, now a pathway to actual jobs once they leave their yeah, situations. Yeah, before then, it was like you spent like five, six years behind bars doing a skill or a task, and then when you go out, you can't even get the job you were just trying to do. Getting what paid. We're doing. Yeah. Pennies on the dollar, if paid at all. Sometimes they just pay you with an opportunity to go outside. But I mean, also that time, I think private prisons are fucked up. Yeah. I, I wholeheartedly agree with prisons you. Prisons should not be a business. Yeah. No, there shouldn't be a profit incentive to throwing people behind bars and ruining people's lives. And like, my oldest brother, he's got 45 years. He's been down for uh, 13 but his first seven was in a private prison. And he was like, yo, like, this is like the books we read in school. Like, this is legit slavery, what I do. Because it's like, and then the private joints, like, you can't even talk. Like, when they out there doing counts, you got to be counting every morning to make sure everybody ain't nobody escape. But, like, say you talk during count, one, you're getting your ass whipped halfway close to death by these talking tears. And then they throwing you in the hole for maybe a month. And it's like, my brother's schizophrenic and bipolar. That is just not healthy and then he run away from him. And that nigga didn't even get his meds at all the whole time he was there. Like, they really treat you like a fucking indentured servant. That sounds like a lawsuit, my man. Yeah, but they've written so many complaints to the warden and to the states, and they don't even send out their mail properly. Like, they control so many, the private prisons have so much control over so many things that you would think that they're not supposed to have control over that it's, it's crazy. Privatization in general is a problem. For certain areas, but like, yeah, prisons not something you make money off of or have a tax write off for, and that's something that definitely would go into reforming the deal of racial injustices. Abolish, no, no reform, abolish private prisons. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you talk about uh, how prison slave labor is sort of, um, this was the legal out uh, to. Well, the actual slavery being abolished, um, 
the Constitution says that you can sort of make people work for you for free if they're, you know, imprisoned. So they were like, well, yeah, let's just throw them all in jail and get the same work out of them. It's really, really messed up, and that's still there to this day. That's how they get away with making the uh, inmates work. That's what I said in the beginning. I don't think this shit gonna ever change because how much money they make. Cool. Now, if you had a legitimate way, they may have some shady corners here and there, but you was making millions hand over dollar. Would you be willing to fucking stop just because it was morally wrong? I tell you for myself, stop you. I'm getting my money. Happy <laughs> morals, now. capitalism. Uh-huh. Especially if you don't come for money and you come come up on some money, like world slides to fucking win. It's, it's fucked up as it sounds, but it's capitalism. Yeah, it's how, how do we how do we use the uh, okay. <laughs> capitalism in a nutshell of America on a side tangent is how do I get the most out of what someone's existence is? Uh, everyone in the audience, please note that Matt is the one at the table who did not say fuck capitalism. <laughs> um, this is America. I don't want to deal with. No. No, we didn't sign up for anything. Um, so uh, let's talk a bit about uh, voter disenfranchisement, how felons can't vote. Yeah, so I'll, I remember learning about that like literally like a year or two ago. In now. a lot of places. In some places they, they can't. I don't know that forever because I can't. You know, what, what, what I learned like one or two years ago was that I knew you couldn't vote when you were in prison. I know you Which didn't. already get, stupid. I, I didn't know you couldn't vote once you got out. Yeah. Like, excuse me? Yeah, at all, ever, ever. Uh, so they served their time. They're a citizen again, aren't they? Still a fellow. Uh, it, it's horrible that this country treats voting like it's a privilege and not a right. A right. Yeah. To make some people mad, I don't have registered to vote, and I don't plan on it. Yeah. I don't vote, man. The election is, like, less than a week. You can't register in time. And, like, I get it. Basically, I'm going to for, like, months. A uh, minor level, like, you know, with mayors, like, city delegates. I don't know the fuck out, you know, in the fucking terms. Like, I, I know the people that you're talking about. And that, I do feel like my vote does have a, a, a matter. It's probably the most important the local level. But outside the local level, man, I'm in. Throw my shit in the motherfucking chair. That's why I was surprised I got a motherfucking stimulus. It's like, niggas like me, like, not sound to be shaped. Like, I can still go kind of like an outlaw. Like, I've always got it how I live by any means necessary. And that's how I was raised. So it was like, for me to get something from the fucking government for free, it was like, huh? Like, did y'all make a mistake? Like, that's not supposed to be here. Like, and even then, when I seen that, I knew something was wrong. Like, we live in a capitalism America. If they giving us something for fucking free money? For free? Shit, that hit the fan. Something's wrong. Well, uh, they, only, they only gave people money because uh, other people were losing money because no one, everyone's out of work. So it's like, uh, the landlords and the housing market's gonna crash. People stop paying their rent. Well, I mean, the U.S. fucking dollar's not gonna do worth anything either, though. Like, <laughs> they don't even talk about that. So many people are in the dark about how the fucking U.S. dollar is really crumbling in value. I mean, we we decide the uh, value of our own money in this yeah. country, so it's, it's worth whatever we say it's worth, and it's worth whatever we say it's worth because we can shoot people with the guns. We yeah, have. but we owe so many people like. Uh, act, the the biggest uh, owner of um, American U.S. debt is uh, ourself. Oh, China. Uh, they they own a couple uh, trillion of our debt. 
Uh, a couple trillion. Like, I don't think like, you understand. No, 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 no. Hear me out. Like, we, we are over, like, $22 trillion, something like that, and that they got, like, maybe three. Three or four is China. And how are you in debt to yourself? Well, our government, uh, we, we, we make, like, um, the... The budget every... The treasury bonds. Yeah. Stuff like that. So, you get a treasury bond from the government, you're giving them a bit of your money. They got to pay you that back. That's why you get the bond. It gets more uh, value as it goes up. So, like, a lot of the money that uh, we are in debt is money that the government eventually has to pay back to the people who have lent the government the money in the first place. Oh, okay. So, a lot of it comes down to that. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, there's just a little, little information about the U.S. debt. Most of it is not owed to uh, foreign countries. So a good like, chunk of it is. So, if I'm being that, like, you I don't know if it's a but, like, you could just have a federal bill saying, hey, felons who, ser- felons who serve their time, we got the right to vote. And I want to say it that because step by step. I know I've never, you never get everything done in one go-round. We had to have a, what, a hundred-year difference before between black people getting their freedom, before black people have the rights. So, like, I already know America will probably be like, all right, here is felons get the right to vote when they're out of jail. Cool. Now we get that done, let's make it so that they're in jail. Make a vote. I'd like to uh, clarify my statement about our debt to China. They only own like 1.1 trillion of our debt. And only 6.13 trillion um, of that is foreign debt at all. So, yeah, it's a lot less than people think. Um, just wanted to clarify that on the record here. Um, Yeah. Uh, is is there any last um, closing statements that you guys would uh, like to add in here about um, Black Lives Matter, police, police brutality? Uh, I, I I largely share your sentiments there. I have said it. Uh, I may or may not have said it every time that I've seen the police on the road over the past like year and a half. But uh, I got something I want to say. I mean, it's kind of on top, but not really. But like, if y'all don't know. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty urban black man. And honestly, I've never, in like all the podcasts I've ever listened to, heard nobody like me. Like, I've never, like, Joe Bunn's kind of like me, but Joe Bunn's corny as fuck. And I'm not corny. <laughs> so it's like, what, like, what I was gonna say, like, I ain't never heard nobody like me, like, who I fuck with still spoke for me. Like, Jesus and Mara are about the closest. And now they're on mainstream, so they can't be like they used to be. And it's like, I personally would like to thank you, Hunter, one for your, like we were talking about earlier, your caring and devotion to this, and the fact that you were able to give me an opportunity to speak. Like, I feel like I never had a chance to speak ever in my life. Oh, like, shit that really bothers me. With this fucking world that we never had, like, you gave me something I never thought I would ever have, and I'm eternally grateful for it, and I love this shit, for real. It's like, you just let me talk and speak, for real, like, I feel like I'm heard for once. So I hope people, whoever fucking listen to this, can feel the same way. Like, so I, I, I think that's, like you said, the root work right there. We need simple shit like this can grow into shit. Like, I mean, we all know I ain't going to end up as no president, but if I do, litty too titty. But anyway, <laughs> this is the root work my man's was speaking on this shit like this that we need. Like, so people have no choice but to hear us and hear all of us from all walks and aspects. When I make my way to Capitol Hill, I'll get you a job, man. It's all right. We both will be there.
Thank you uh, for, for coming out tonight, for talking, for sharing your perspective, for sharing your story. Um, it, it's, a, it's really important, especially for this topic. And you have um, some uh, really personal attachments to this for obvious reasons. And I knew that your story was going to be really different from mine and pretty different from Matt's. Um, and we, we appreciate you uh, coming out and um, doing it for the culture. Doing it for the culture. And I do cute things. I do this for my homies. All right. Uh, we have been whatever is left. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Bring me back. <laughs> oh, of course we're going to bring you back. I like this. After you get well. See you guys.